1: listening to the best of Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. Be sure to catch our show live every Sunday on 1370 AM Austin. For information, archives, and upcoming presentations, visit our website at www.livingwealthyradio.com. Good Sunday, Austin. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio with your host, Teresa Kuhn. You are listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard every Sunday at noon here on Talk Radio thirteen seventy, streaming live at TalkRadio thirteen seventy AM dot com. This is Teresa Coon, your host and your Bank on Yourself authorized advisor, helping you live wealthier by helping you improve your cash flow, increase your net worth, your retirement income and money you leave to your loved ones when you die without risk. If you want to get rid of banks, finance companies, credit card companies from your life, if you want to grow wealth without chasing risk, without being worried about what the economy is doing, what the stock market is doing, whether you have the right investment mix in your portfolio, Or maybe you still want to participate in the stock market, but you realize you need a better place to park your money where you will enjoy a higher rate of return for your liquid money, CDs, savings accounts. Check out livingwealthyradio.com. You can contact us there. Resources for you there. And you can read all uh, the testimonials from our many satisfied clients. Also request a free New York Times best-selling book by my colleague and friend, Pamela Yellen, CD, DVDs, and also download uh, some recent uh, interviews with bank-on-yourself experts, livingwealthyradio.com. This is Teresa Kuhn with Living Wealthy Radio. Have you heard, Do What You Love and the Money Will Follow?, Well, you're about to meet a woman who did just that. Ann Webb, you will be captivated by her story, and it is quite the rags-to-riches story. So listen up. Ciao. Let's get started. Imagine, if you will, you are 35 years old, married to a wonderful partner who supports you wholeheartedly, helps you chase your dreams and passion, including a career in business, where you may not have had any real formal training to begin with, but you had the opportunity and a drive, and you knew in your heart this is what you wanted to, to do. And because of this love and support and the love and support of a best friend uh, to focus your drive, to learn everything you needed to learn to build this business, uh, and you were able, because of this support and because of the love and because of uh, your drive, you actually were able to retire. At 35 years old, with millions. Well, Anne, you are that person. You are living that life, aren't you? Yes, um, I am. Thank you. It's a very blessed life. Well, Ann Webb, she is the founder of... Skin by Ann Webb. Skin by Ann Webb. And you also have a spa. We
0: do. We have a... Um, the name changes from time to time, but I think we're currently like a spa, wellness center... Um, illness retreat really. Okay. Tell us your story. Um, Well um, you know what's important is to kind of keep the stories in categories but um, I was very lucky enough to be brought by into Austin Texas um, by my very loving husband Sam Webb I guess about eight years ago. He was transferred here on a job. Um, At that time I landed into a job that required me to learn all of the aspects of making a skincare line. Now, because I am a skin therapist and I've had a passion for treating skin and severe acne my entire life, I um, had a little background in working with other companies that involved certain things that had to do with skincare and doing research for skincare. But Austin, Texas taught me how to make skincare. Austin, Texas taught me about local and what it means here and how amazing your community and our community can be if you build a dream and a mission statement and you follow it and you treat people well. They actually show up and come, right? So eight years ago in Austin, we started working this plan of just deciding that we were going to provide affordable skin care to anyone who needed it, whether they could afford to pay for it or not.
1: And that was your dream.
0: That was my dream. You show up and you let me worry about the money and take care
1: of how things work. You just get the help that you need. Right? So the how wasn't important. It yes. was the why. And right. your why was?
0: My why was, if you need the help, I'm gonna figure out how to get that accomplished. For skincare. For skincare. Right. For skincare. For your personal skincare. Because, you know, um, ideally whenever I didn't I've never had a business plan. Um, I haven't sat down to put it on paper. My initial drive was how am I gonna help people? Once I started helping people and I had this background of making skincare, I decided to make a few products so I could help people, because products are expensive and I thought if I made them myself then I could afford because of the margin to hand something to someone who couldn't afford it now versus me wholesaling from someone else at 50 percent and then having to worry about how I'm gonna recover that cost I made it it was a much cheaper price I could hand it out at the time I was treating um, Mr. Bill Swell's son right for severe acne I had treated him throughout my entire pregnancy all nine months wobbling around Um and once I made the line bill said bring it over and I brought it over to people's pharmacy and people took notice and when people started taking notice, that allowed me to help more people. And then Whole Foods Market took notice, and when they took notice, that allowed me to help more people. And so I just kept taking those funds and turning it into helping more people. And then now, um, eight years later, it's in Austin, Texas. It's turned into
1: a global empire. Isn't that amazing? Yes, I think it's truly amazing. It's a miracle. It really is to to go from your Ann's background. You grew up in Louisiana. I, yes, I grew up in a a,
0: a very small town called Gator, Louisiana, which I'm very proud of. Population 1,500, um, and grew up in a very poor environment, you know, poor surroundings. With my dad, he couldn't read or write, but that was all right. Um, and I learned a whole lot there. I was, you know, when we were reflecting the other day, I realized that, you know, you as a as a listener can learn so much. If you will just reflect back on what your parents taught you growing up, it's amazing the wisdom they have. And sometimes back then we may not have gotten it all at that point. You know, we have to either revisit that parent or we have to just reflect back. And and it's amazing what strength and wisdom can come out of that. What well, what kind of lessons did uh, your father teach you? Well, um, it's not just my father. You know, she, my father, my sister, my mother, every everyone, we all had this central idea in our family that no matter how poor we were there were always people we could still figure out how to help right so even when we had very little to eat my dad could take a bunch of chicken eggs and make a gumbo out of nothing eggs and a 50 cents bag of rice and feed all these people in my neighborhood that were hungry that night we cook it outside you know you cook it outside and you feed people who have less my brother used to fix all these cars knowing very well in advance that people did not have the money to pay him. So he'd say, well, give me a chicken. Or, you know, whatever you have. You have some cucumbers? Like, let's just border and trade. But my brother knew that somehow, if he just fixed that car, that everything was going to be fine. And he has always had plenty to eat. He Last time I checked, he owned like four or five cars because people would just get, look, I'll give you this car if you'll fix this car. And I grew up around that. And I just realized that, I had to reflect back at a certain point in my life that if I just act like my family, it's all going to be okay eventually, you know? And you start to make those principles your own and build upon that. I built upon the things that I learned from my family growing up.
1: So you learned that you give first, right. and you'll receive later, right. and you built your business without a business plan. Without a business plan, without a business license.
0: Um, without a business. My my business was built in a little bitty bedroom of my first apartment here in Austin, right down the street, right off of the courtyard, um, and then went into a townhome, and then went into a house, and then to another house, and then to another location.
1: And how did you learn your your business? How did you learn your trade? Because you went to college, but you didn't study. Uh, sure. You know, you went to beauty school after college, right?
0: Right, right. So um, I, um, I definitely was able to look at my environment that I grew up in and realize that if I didn't make some fast, hard, smart decisions, that I was not going to get out. It's just the reality. Women around me were getting pregnant at very early ages and we were in a town that did not have the best school system support and you know, we didn't even have a hospital. So you if you wanted to get out, you had to fight and struggle. So at a very early age I started to read books on business and success. And one thing I didn't get to share with you the other day is that um I have a, a learning disorder. A little bit of um probably dyslexia, but not quite. It's a, a disorder where one of my eyes would read on one line. And then my other eye would read on a different line. And my dad, up until the third or fourth grade, was told that I'd never really learn how to read, um, you know, and that I would just need to be stay in resource, right? My dad couldn't read or write, so I guess it didn't shock him too much. Um, He probably has the same disorder. Right. Yes. And so, and yes, and we diagnosed my brother with that disorder later. But there was a school teacher at about fourth grade um, who said, there's something not right here. This kid, she's got a lot of common sense. She's way too smart. She learns how to get by in school when she can barely read. I think she needs to have some further testing. You know, in this town, we didn't know anything about testing. We were still doing the beep, beep in the ear, and that was about all we got, right? Right. And so, but um, she convinced my dad to send me out for some further testing, and immediately they picked up that this was wrong. And I had to crawl around like a dog on the floor and do all these cool things to get my eyes to line up. And third-and-a-half-grade hits, and holy cow, I can read, girl. And it was God. like, oh, I can read.
1: the whole I can world read.
0: I just would read. I'd read romance novels till 2 or 3 in the morning. I would just read everything I could get my hands on, bags of books from the library. Um, but I, I learned early on, especially watching Dallas with my and Knott's Landing, that hell! If you um, if you want to get out, you need to you need to get out and you need to learn. And so at that point on, once I learned how to read, it was smooth sailing from there. I read lots of books on business and wealth and good credit and learning how to pay your bills on time. I opened up my first line of credit um, when I was 12 years old. Bought my first truck when I was 14. Right mm-hmm. back then, you could drive at that age, and um, and just started to build good credit. You've got to have Good credit, if you're gonna be successful in life, that's my opinion. That's your opinion. And as you as you start to develop yourself and develop that credit, um, you um you know you can have more people that are gonna stand behind you and they're gonna support you because they're gonna look at the history of your life and see that you wanted this because you made those right decisions early on for yourself.
1: And it's so interesting what you're talking about in terms of, of credit and starting, uh, you know, the education process that you went through, and with the concept that I work with with money, and is, I teach people to become their own source of financing. So, someone in your situation, if we had met years ago, what I had would counsel you to to have done back then is. Um, position yourself where you really didn't have to depend on banks or other people um, for your source of financing. Your credit score wouldn't have been that important. But nonetheless, you educated yourself. You went out and figured out a way because you knew you wanted to get out of the the home that you were living in. You didn't want to grow, you know, the rest of your life didn't want to be like the first chapter of your life. If you've just joined us, you're in for a treat. Ann Webb, uh, you'll meet uh, in a moment, developed her own skincare line and sold it for millions um, the month after she turned 35 years old. And why should you care? Well, if you have a dream and have no idea how you're going to accomplish that dream, if you have that passion, uh, and you're not sure how to pursue that passion, you will be interested in meeting and listening to what Ann Webb uh, has to say, how she accomplished her dream, how she pursued her passion uh, by making skincare, not just ordinary, regular skincare, but organic, pure skincare. Available to the masses by making it affordable, not an easy thing to do, so um listen in and share's a story where there's a light bulb um what what's the story with the light bulb in your home? The oh, lighting that you all use oh yeah, yeah,
0: my um well, oftentimes we didn't have electricity, you know, so my dad would actually um attach. A light bulb to a car battery and we would read I would read around that car battery at night and I'd read stuff out to my dad but um, so is that the story you're talking yes. about yes yes so you know when you're you when you're looking around and it's just you your dad and the light bulb you just decide the light bulb better go off or you'll be stuck there living in the house next door barefoot and pregnant with your own light bulb attached to a battery
1: so and that's remarkable Because, you know, most people don't grow up that way. And, uh, you know, you, the the listener out there, you know, chances are you didn't grow up like Anne did, where you had a light bulb attached to a battery. And in order for you to read at night, you had to turn on the light and, and, and connect it to a battery. You know, how many excuses do you make to not be successful? Right? And Anne, right. you didn't have any excuses. You said, I'm getting the heck out of Dodge. This is not what I want for the rest of my life. And you started reading and you started figuring things out. Um, you knew you had a drive. You knew you had a passion. You knew you had a dream. You just didn't know how you were going to do it. Sure. Right? right? Even though you were reading these books, you said you didn't have a business plan and you had the dream, but you really didn't know how you were going to put everything together. So sure. So what happened next? Um, well, you know, I left town at an
0: early age, I, um, the small town. I went over to the next town and started a little company for myself. It was a DJing company. Um, I was 14 years old at the time, right? But the one thing I was easily able to identify and what I tell everyone that I coach in business is that there are always loopholes out there. There are always niches and always things that you can do better. And a great example was I looked at what the competition was charging for a DJ night at a high school, and it was about two hundred and fifty dollars, which you know back in nineteen ninety two that was a lot of money for even schools in our small towns to come up with. So I started scribbling some numbers down: what it would cost to pay someone a night. What it I put down the numbers on a pad of what it cost for all the equipment to to have a show right at a at a at a school, and I realized. Holy cow, this is like $400 worth of equipment. The guy's going to DJ for about $40 a night. He's happy with that. Plus, he gets a little tip from the school if he plays good music. Why aren't we charging 125 And then, I don't remember how, it was years ago, but I was able to get a list of all the schools in Louisiana. And so I sent a little black and white uh, postcard out that was posted on an orange, orange paper, went down to the local library, printed all that out, sent it out to the schools, 125 bucks gave it this cool name called psychedelic psychedelic productions right the phone rang and rang we didn't have cell phones back then so i get home my dad was like phone rang all day hello sha hello okay hold on sha she's going be back at three o'clock <laughs> to book the event and so um yeah so it was pretty insane so within like a few months i went to the bank right already bought a little car so i had that credit Again, right. you've got to establish the good credit. So when I went to the banker and said, hey, I'm starting a DJing company, he didn't say, oh, my God, that's crazy. You're going to fail. He said, well, you did pay off that car in a few months, so I'll give you a little money for the equipment. Got the equipment going, got the little DJs up and going, and for 125 the money would just roll in. And, the, and this is a smart tip to remember. The money came in so fast that I started to feel guilty about the $40. Right, because they were getting forty, I was getting a hundred and ten. So I immediately gave out an extra ten. And I know that doesn't probably sound like much, but the to the person that started out as forty and then a month later he got a ten dollar raise, it felt good. It felt like wow, she really appreciates me. And then at night I would drive around to the different gigs, setting up, helping because I wanted my employees to see that I am willing to carry the record crates, I'm willing to carry the equipment, and I always kept cash on hand to pay them right away. I've always, for my entire life, had the money to pay my employees. Never once did I say things are a little slow this week. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the checks out. You know, those are the things that didn't take me some big business plan. It just took common sense that if I was working, I would like to get my money. And so you have to manage that properly. So how many gigs did you have going at any one time? Um, A typical weekend, we'd have about five gigs going a night. I would run a gig myself. My boyfriend would run a gig. And three of his cousins would run a gig. Um, by the time I was selling the company at 17, we would go to like a morning wedding. We would sometimes convince weddings. They wanted us so badly to DJ their wedding in the morning reception. And then we'd do a whole different like high school at night. So and we did graduations and, and, and all were still word of mouth. High
1: I was still in high school. Yep, and you were making still, several thousand dollars a month. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. And so from there. So from there. You, um, learned, you learned about making money. You yep. learned about, on a small scale, uh, how business works.
0: Right. Serving I mean, your
1: customers, serving your clients, serving your employees. Yep. And the operative word, of course, is serving.
0: Serving and thinking about growing slowly, growing organically. Because at that time, with the amount of business that we were getting in, I could have set up ten, 10 shops. But I knew that I could barely manage five to really do a good job. And I was really counting on every single one of those people to be there for me next school Valentine's dance versus doing some jobs good and some jobs not, and then you're always trying to figure out where you're going to pick up new clients. Mm -hmm. Today in our practice, I tell all of my girls, you think nothing else but how you're going to keep that client with you for the next 20 years. If you don't worry about money, if you don't worry about the clock, if you only worry about what it's going to take, to make that woman want to be next to me for 20 years, you will be fo- so financially stable, you won't know what to do. You'll have more work that you'll be spending half your time just trying to treat your back versus your bankroll.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, and, that's, and that's an Ann's spa business.
0: Yes, that's in, our, that's in our theory. But I learned that in DJing. You know, I learned that it's, and I, I don't know, I have to think back to where I learned it before that, but I'm sure it came somewhere along well, the road. Well, there's
1: a recipe for success, right, in any business. And you learned the recipe at a very early age. Maybe you couldn't articulate it back then, but you intuitively knew what it would take, uh, you and what it would take to uh, grow a business and grow it right. And so you knew intuitively what it took to run a business and to serve your clients and to have a business that was going to be there for the long term, not just for the short term, right? Right, and so you took what you learned back then, and you applied it to, and today you're still teaching your 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 team to service their clients, so sure. that that client will be with them for 20 years. So they're building a practice, they're building a business that's going to be with them for many many years to come. Instead of you know how expensive it is to to go out and get a new client. Absolutely,
0: and I think one you know one thing that everybody wants and every listener can identify with, is stability. And if we can just keep remembering, how many dresses do I have to sell? Or how many financial portfolios do I have to sell to create my own stability? Mm -hmm. And you maintain those people. Stability will always be there. It can be very easy sometimes to think, the bigger, the bigger, the better, the bigger. And you never get sight of the stability. So if you can form that model in your mind that's going to focus on what it takes to create stability for you right then there in your life, and you live by that, the other stuff will
1: multiply around it. But you've got to start with a base of stability. Well, I refer to it as building Uh, your house on firm foundation right and you're building your business imagine you being able to build your business on uh, a foundation that's rock-solid and not on one that's quicksand right and so if you're serving your clients you're treating the clients the way you would want to be treated Um, With my practice, the the, uh, concepts that I use, the strategies that I use are not ones built on risk. It's one based on guaranteed growth, liquidity, use and control of money, where my clients feel like their money is going to be there for the rest of their life what what am I building in terms of a practice? I'm building a practice that's going to be around for many, many, many years instead of um, there are those who build a, a financial services practice based on the latest stock, the latest quick, quick you know, get-rich scheme, right? Right, right. And uh, so it is a principle that I think uh, would serve anyone very, very well. And, you know, not everybody – has a business. Not everybody wants to own a business, but right. they're working for a corporation or working for uh, a, another business owner. And those are the same principles, sure. right?
0: Sure. I I have worked for other people in my life and enjoyed that work tremendously and used the practices in that I have in my own business today in their businesses. And found a lot of um, personal satisfaction out of that because using those same, you know, using that boss and their personal security allowed me to be the boss within that business relationship without having as much as that um, personal. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to say. So
1: you're indispensable. Yes,
0: you're you're indispensable and you build a business within that business and it becomes your own business. While you're trying to maybe decide if what you want to do for yourself, Mm -hmm. what, you know, what your own true
1: passion is and, um, you can always be a business owner within a business. Absolutely, always. And and you, you know, in this day and age where so many people are insecure about their jobs, right? right. You might be feeling insecure about your job, whether you might be the next on the list of, of, of layoffs. If you make yourself indispensable to your employer, if you run your job as if it's a business and your employer is your client, your number one client, right? guess what? You're going to be the last one on that list that they're going to want to let go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's a mindset that is so, so important, whether you actually own a business or whether you work for someone else. Right. So you mentioned something that is very dear to my heart, and that's passion. Passion for what you do. Uh, How did you find your passion? Um, Well, hopefully this won't be too drawn
0: out. I know at at that point, I developed a severe cystic acne condition, and I was the only person in my family to suffer with it, so everybody was kind of at a loss on what to do with it. Um, But that's where the compassion started for people that would be someday have to walk in the shoes that I walked in, right? So... um, once I figured out how to start to get my skin under control, and a lot of it I just covered with, you know, stage makeup, I began to reach out to other people. So kids would come over and friends and whatever, and I would actually put a pillow, oddly enough, on the floor, spread my tools out on a, on a pillowcase, and lay them in my lap and work on them starting at about age
1: 13, 14 or so. It was very soothing to me. So you had this acne condition yes, and your friends and the kids in the neighborhood who also were suffering with the same condition because acne can be very, very traumatic. To, Absolutely. Especially for a teenager who's already, you know, you're a teenager, you are already so self-conscious about everything, right? Sure. And then on top of that, you've got acne. Yes. The whole world sees your face. Sure. Right? So your friends and the kids in the neighborhood would come to you, Anne, and you yes. would...
0: And I would try to help. You know, my dad would make these concoctions and come up with things and boil copper pennies. And so I would use some of his concoctions that he would use to heal animals. And I would just try it out. And that was where it it, it sat, you know, inside of me. When... um, You know, as I started to dig deeper on, and it's what I tell my clients, it's what I tell everybody in the world, that you can't sit in a doctor's office and expect them to know everything. Doctors have to know a lot. You have to take responsibility for your own life and your own condition and do some research. Always. Come in with a little research in your hand, and you can't imagine how much better you will get, how much faster you will get. Um, And so um, with that, when it was time to, you know, leave, this, leave, sell the business, leave town, I chose South Florida um, for a whole bunch of reasons. That's not as important. But when I landed in South Florida, I, for the first time in my life, got introduced to a doctor that just blew me away. Dr. Brent Schillinger blew me away. Practices like like no one else had I ever seen. He put shots all over my face, one in my butt, one in my arm. I had been to six different doctors. No one even touched me before,
1: much less Talk to me. And he was a dermatologist? He was a
0: dermatologist, right? And I went to see him, and I thought, okay, I've got, to be, I've got to be on this. I've got to figure this out. But I was now a full-time college student. How was I going to work for him, right? As a listener, you can figure it out. What did I do? Went to the dean of admissions. I've got to switch. I've got to be in night classes. I've got to work for this dermatologist. He changed my life. He's, he's going to teach me how to change other people's lives. But I wasn't studying dermatology or skincare. I was studying public speaking and communications because my dream was to be a motivational speaker. But I didn't know what I was going to talk about yet. But at that time, I got a job in skincare, used it to pay for college. And eventually, I got very lucky and met a man that convinced me that even though you graduated from college and you want to be a motivational speaker, at this point in your life, neither of those are, you know, sitting in front of you. Why don't you just keep working the skincare route that you've been in for a while and go back to beauty school? And this is something that's very important. I can tell you, for years, I struggled with that decision. From the time I started college until I graduated, I should have been in beauty school. But I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to tell people, I'm going to beauty school because I thought, I'm going to be a motivational speaker. I have to graduate at the top of my college class. Oftentimes when we are starting businesses and we're starting wealth, we can let those, what are they called, help me out, those perceptions Mm -hmm. get in the way of success and wealth. And it held me back for so many years. Once I went to beauty school, my entire career path opened up for me in a way that was unimaginable.
1: This is Teresa Kuhn with Living Wealthy Radio. If you want to build your financial house with a foundation that is rock solid, you've got to check out livingwealthyradio.com and the information we have on there for you. This is Teresa Coon with Living Wealthy Radio. And if you're just joining us, I'm excited for you to meet Ann Webb, founder of Skin by Ann Webb. Now, imagine for a moment you just graduated from college, one of the first in your family to graduate from college, and uh, you've got no peace about your degree. You should be really excited about what you've accomplished, and you can't sleep at night. You're having restless nights. You're anxious. You're upset. There's no peace In your heart, because you know your passion lies elsewhere. Your passion lies in something completely different. Well, this was Ann Webb's story. She graduated with a degree in communications and speech, but she really wanted to go to beauty school. And she felt now that she had a degree, that beauty school was beneath her. Now, by the way, I don't believe any profession is beneath anyone. No matter what it is, education or education, uh, what I think should be beneath someone or beneath you is doing something you don't love to do, something you're not passionate about, something you don't like to do, working at every day, like a J-O-B, or doing something with a negative attitude. I think that's beneath every single one of us, right? Certainly beneath you. So, If you can't change your circumstances at the moment, I also think what's beneath you is not changing your attitude, making each and every day your best day. Uh, And if you can't do that, then there's a problem. But Ann Webb is going to share with you today that you don't need to grow up in a privileged um, household because Ann Webb grew up with nothing she read at night read books at night by a light attached to a car battery. That's how poor she was and uh, doubtful that you grew up with such poor background so listen in on, on Ann Webb and what she's got to share um, regarding how she made the transition from being a college, from having a college degree to going back to school, to beauty school.
0: Yes. um, A little correction, actually. I told my partner, um, I'm in a panic. I graduated from college and I can't sleep at night. My heart's pounding and how am I going to get a job in communications? And he said, this is ridiculous. Why aren't you just going to beauty school to get a license to do what you do all day, but you know where now you could do it for yourself instead of working for other people and um and I said but I'm supposed to be a motivational speaker and he said well you know what maybe if you just focus on beauty school right now and being able to treat people for more affordable prices which is what you've always told me your dream was then maybe you could someday motivational motivationally speak on how to do affordable skincare So um, anyway, I was very lucky to have that husband of mine. Were you married at the time? I was not, no. We had been dating for just a short amount of time. Um, But he did finally give me that sense of confidence to break out of my shell and just admit to the world that I was going to go
1: to beauty school. And you went to beauty school. You got the training you needed to follow your passion and to... Practice and and basically treat clients with a license? With a license. That was right. important. Yep. Was I had worked important. in the industry for six
0: years at that point without a license.
1: Without a license. Okay. So I had
0: lots of training, but it was time to actually get the certificate that would allow me to go out on my own and stop getting in trouble, you know, because sometimes as um, business owners to be, or people who should be their own business owners, but they're too scared, um, we sometimes get ourselves in trouble. Because you know we know in our minds what we want to offer to the public, um, but we let those little things hold us back. And for me, I would work for other people and was told I had to charge a certain price. But I felt like a, far, a fair choice was X, you know, 25, 35 dollars if the person really needed the help. So I would sneak it in and I get myself in trouble.
1: So you so were... that
0: license allowed me to treat anybody I wanted for ten dollars and not get myself in trouble anymore. And you are in control,
1: which is what you needed control, to
0: Control, that's what the listener needs to hear. It was taking control. Beauty school, which I was so embarrassed of for six years, finally gave me the control I needed in my life to do what deep down inside really
1: made me happy, and that was just helping people. And you were a born entrepreneur. You were not born to work for somebody else. I don't think I was. So you're really unemployable. Yes. And, and we're unemployable, really technically unemployable at the time, although you had to make a living, so you're working for somebody else. But Sure. Uh, and I, I'm the exact same way. I am unemployable. I, it is very difficult for me to ever go back and, and work for somebody. And the listeners, right, if you're listening today and, and you're thinking to yourself, that's me, I I'm unemployable, I shouldn't be working for someone else. Anne's story should inspire you to go out and follow your passion because today not only is Ann unemployable, she never really needs to work another day in her life because she followed her passion and she sold a business for millions and her goal was to be able to technically retire before she turned 35 years old. And the month after she turned 35, she got an offer for her business in the millions, which allowed her to do just that. Is that right, Ann? That's correct.
0: Um, and one thing you know, it's important for the the listener to be painted a clear picture. Lots of people asked me um, towards the end of my business, the end of the business life owned by me, uh, what are your goals? What you know, what are you trying to sell the company for? You know, what's part in your business plan? And I would look at these people and say, Look, you know, it's embarrassing, but honestly, I have about four employees, plus my best friend who runs the company and her entire family. And my goal is to buy them all houses. Retirement at 35 for me was because my mother passed away at 36 from a massive heart attack Mm -hmm. because she worked herself to death. And I was afraid that I was going to work myself to death. It had nothing to do with money or monetary reasons. My goal was to buy those people that had been with me
1: and my company, um, New Homes. Question is, what happened from the time you moved to Austin uh, and started your, you know, the early beginnings of your skincare line?
0: Okay, so there's a few things I always tell people when you're looking at building a business. You have got to find a niche, and you've got to look at holes in the marketplace where your product could be put that don't currently exist. And the one thing that I knew is that Based on how much it costs to make a skincare product, the average really great quality product with high-end dermaceuticals was greatly overpriced. And By how much? 75%. So, so put that yeah, in perspective. Yeah, let's do the math. Sure. Well, I might have to back up for a second. So an average skincare product, and I... And I can tell you this is a true story. I went to my chemist and I'm like, look, I don't care about the money, my clients trust me, and the margin's so little. I want you to take my eye cream and you max it out with the most expensive high end grade A ingredients you can get your hands on. Don't 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 uh, hold back on anything, right? The price came back at two dollars and ten cents a container.
1: Oh my gosh. And that's the top of the line. That's top.
0: I mean no holding back. For the person that I worked for before, her eye cream, we spent about 73 cents. So and it she held good. back. I don't think she held back. It was good. But I maxed it out. Okay. Maxed out, maxed out, maxed out. So this is an Icerol eye cream that you would buy in Sephora for $100. Oh, my gosh. So I looked at that, and I looked, well, if I have these clients that are coming to my house, and I only pay $2.10 for it then I can afford to sell it for $20. Why not? Huge markup. A huge markup at $20. Some people can't even afford the $20. I don't know who's paying 100 bucks at Sephora, but plenty of people are. There. There's Sephora on every corner. Right. So I easily could see that there was a need for these high-end pharmaceuticals at a more affordable price, right, and one that would really work. And because, at the time that I made the the line I had been treating people in Austin really well for a while, I had a built in clientele i my husband's good with numbers, right, so I told you you've gotta build a good team. He's the numbers person, I'm the motivational person, so we figured out with an Excel sheet um what it would cost what it would take, how many bottles we had to sell before we broke even at two dollars and ten cents. And you have to buy a thousand bottles your first time around, so that's two dollars. I mean, two thousand and one hundred dollars. And at twenty bucks, we had to sell a hundred containers. At the time, I had about a thousand clients. I'm pretty good, right? Thousand clients. They've been with me for years. They trust me. I've never let them down. I've never overcharged them. I'm gonna make a two dollar and ten cents eye cream. I'm gonna sell it to them for twenty dollars. Sephora is selling it for a hundred. Why are they gonna go to Sephora when right. they already trust me? Right. And somehow in that mathematical equation I found a niche and I felt like everything was gonna be okay. That was that was something I could I could feel comfortable spending my money on. So that was your first line
1: was, was the eye cream. That was sure. your first
0: product. Nope, nope. And one thing I'll tell you, my husband and I we're an amazing team, but we have disagreed on things. And um I will tell you that sometimes you have to push a little bit out of your comfort zone because my very first line was created on eleven products, 11 ideas and themes that I thought would fit together so that way I could have a line that would service anybody, whether you were 85 years old or you were 8 months old, right? 11 products only. And my husband said, you know, this is a big expense for us at this time. Um, I think that why don't you roll out 3, 4, and 3 or something. Space them out. Every few months we can roll it out. And I said, you know what? That doesn't make sense because, one, I have a 1,000 clients that have trusted me all these years and put their faith in me. And they're going to buy. They're going to be excited. And I'm going to kick, I'm gonna have to kick them out the door. They're going to be trying to buy all 11. I'm going to have to try to get them into five. I knew it. I knew it in my gut. And, it's a, and once you sell them, you know, once that first wave of excitement leaves, it's hard to catch up, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to ride that wave of excitement. So I stood my ground, a few little fights. I made all 11. For a total of thirty thousand dollars, right? And when the boxes arrived, women were all over the front yard, the lawn. We had the knives. We cut the boxes open. We had the calculator out. I said, I don't even charging taxes. Five bucks for this, then I don't care. I paid off the thirty thousand in two months. Oh my goodness! Oh, the whole and investment still was had, paid off, and, and had I inventory. had I had three years worth of inventory left,
1: which was profit at that point.
0: Which was profit. Which was profit. I found a niche, making expensive skincare affordable, selling it to people you trust without some ten thousand dollar business plan and a storefront and a ten employees. And and, you know, I just started small, inching my way up. But I did take a risk. I didn't make three, you know, for ten thousand dollars. I did go with all eleven. So I'm not saying don't take some risk. Mm -hmm. You've got to take some risk. But the risk you take have to make sense in your gut. And you built your business without going into debt. No debt, ever. I did once take out what I thought was, um, you know, there are always turning points. There are keys in your business that brought you from A to, like, K, right? Um, One of the decisions that I I made, and I always teach people, think about it. Look. Be looking for those opportunities. They're going to come by you. I was at an event called the Global Refresh, a global event. It happens with Whole Foods once every four years. They call it Tribal. At Tribal, if you're local, they invite you to put out a little table and say hello to all of the top employees across the nation in Whole Foods Market. They would take these employees and they'd get on stage. Hi, I'm Ann Webb. I own Skin by Ann Webb. Thank you so much for having me. Goodbye. After we did that, five or six more people got up on stage trembling, right? They were shaking. And for five minutes, they had to say why they deserve Whole Foods Market's local loan program, where they are allowed to borrow up to $100,000 for 5% interest and barely any paperwork. Sorry, Whole Foods. Anyway, and I looked over and went, holy cow, I didn't need the money, right? But in my opinion, to be able to stand up in front of 600 employees all over the nation of Whole Foods, I'm only in two regions at this point, right, and tell my story for five whole minutes, you can say a lot in five minutes, and sell that whole audience on me, plus they're going to give me money at 5% that my bank won't even give me, that was a golden egg right there. And that is the only time in my business life that I've ever taken out a loan that I paid back in like the next month or something. (laughs) Because so I wanted to stand up there and give my five-minute talk. And they gave it to you. They, oh, yeah. They definitely gave us the money because of good credit, right? We talked about that in the beginning. Um, but it was more about turning the whole nation on to go, wow, you know, to stand up there and say, look, I'm a woman who launched Whole Foods Market while my entire family was living in the Dell Children's Cancer Unit down the street. And I can tell you, moving forward from here on out, I'm going to make a commitment to pro- provide you the cleanest dermaceutical Products that you have on your shelf, and I will meet premium with every product I ever make for you, which are their, their that's their highest quality of standards. And from a woman that has just had a child survive cancer, you better know that I mean business. And they believe me. And I went nationwide. And I'm in their top 10 skincare selling lines in the nation.
1: This is Teresa Kuhn with Living Wealthy Radio. If you're just joining us, you're about to meet Ann Webb who built her business from scratch, true rags to riches story. So maybe you're following your passion, you're building your business, and you know you can't do it alone but have no idea how to build build a team, and you really have uh, not a whole lot of resources to, to even hire anyone. Ann Webb is going to share with you how she built her team and actually motivated them and kept them excited for years until she sold her business, actually last year, for millions of dollars. Listen in. That was A to K by making that one, that one decision. And you did not do this alone. You had a team.
0: I had that a worked great team.
1: And you said your husband is an integral part of that team. And Absolutely, he was the numbers person. But you also had your best friend, your childhood best friend, work with you, and Absolutely. four other key employees. Exactly. Tell us about how you developed that team. Okay, here you go. We're going to do the quick route. Um, it was
0: myself and my husband, and a woman named Sheila. Sheila Hernandez, who came over on a Craigslist ad. She charged $50 a day to clean house, and she came over and said, I can start today. And I said, great, the cleaner is underneath the sink. Let's get started. Eight years later, she's now the distributions manager of Skin by Ann Webb in Austin. Um, Putting her on my team and... The belief that that woman had in me from the beginning was just amazing and her eagerness to learn and the fact that everybody else was charging $80 a day. At the end of the day, I felt so guilty. She stayed all day. I gave her $65, right? That's the key. Don't be afraid to give out a little bit more. It comes back. Um, From there, when my son was diagnosed with leukemia, I had to get a big-time player, right? Because I had to launch Whole Foods and live in a cancer unit um, on many days of the week. I had this epiphany because my whole family was just, you know, just completely um, struck. What were they? What were they? Tell me. They were just devastated, right? My family was devastated. My best friend was devastated. Um, And she said, let me just come down there and help. And I thought, well, I've got the cancer stuff under control. What I really need help with is my business because it's, you know, Mike's clinic was going crazy. Whole Foods was going crazy. And I came up with the idea that My best friend, who um, did not graduate from college, um, but was a business strategist, built a little business for her dad that was very successful, could be that person, the person that I needed, who had the smile, the energy, the integrity, and I knew at all costs they would have my back. And I went to her and said, I want to give you this job. I can't pay you very much, but you can move in with us for free. We'll live together just like we used to, and we'll work all day and night. And I promise you with all my heart that if this turns into something, I will never let you down. I will always, you know, honor this agreement. And we'll just call you the co-founder. And she said, Mika, are you insane? I don't even wash my face. (laughs) I'm like, I'll teach you how to wash your face. Don't worry about that part. You just get over here. She has gorgeous skin, so that didn't, that helped. Um... And she freaked out for about a week because she thought, I don't know anything about that business. Who's Whole Foods? I don't. I shop at, at Albertsons. And um, but when she came down and she walked into Whole Foods Market Lamar, she knew that we had hit a gold mine, an absolute gold mine. And she moved in, and never worked an eighteen less than an eighteen-hour day, for our first three years in business. I, I absolutely don't think that there was seven. It was seven. For all you guys out there that are thinking about this, seven days a week, and we averaged about 18 hours a day. But you know what the reality was, is that we averaged 18 hours a day because we loved it. Right. We were together. We were a team. It was amazing. For two poor white trash gaydon girls, we were on top of the world. So, you know, when you take a risk and you're doing something that you absolutely love and you went to beauty school, um, finally... You um
1: good things can come from that. You don't work 7 days a week, 18-hour days just for the money. No, no way. There's no way. You can't pay anybody enough the to pull right. Yeah. Right. You do it because you love what you're doing and you've got a bigger why, you've got a big purpose, right? A big purpose. It's just driving your heart and your energy. It's bigger than you. That's right. It's bigger than you. And so the other team members, how did you rally them around the cause? cause um, you had a cause. Well, you were no, no. This is a true story. What would happen is, so Sheila got
0: promoted out of the housekeeping position. Had to get on Craigslist and hire another housekeeper. Right. Next housekeeper came in, happened to be a brilliant graphic artist. No, no way. You're way too smart in the graphic artist department. You can't be the housekeeper anymore. You're now the graphic artist, another housekeeper. Holy cow. People would apply for the housekeeping position, and then I'd move them into another spot. So today, four of my original housekeepers um, have very prominent roles in Skin by N Web And have have been with me for years. Yes, including my brilliant graphic artist, who is responsible for all of the labels that you see. Yeah, she applied for the housekeeping job. Amazing. It happens. You can find great people on Craigslist, you know. You, you've got to look outside of the box, and you've got to look towards the younger generation as well. The two women that actually built my s- clinics and doubled them in size both came to me at 19 years old. But how did you rally them around your vision? I rallied them around my business, b- my vision, I would say, because um, I motivate my team. Right? How? I... Um, I remind them constantly of what our mission is and what we're trying to do out there. Work as hard as they do every day. And I, I'm not afraid to do any task from sh- scrubbing the toilets myself to jumping in the Whole Foods dumpsters and collecting the boxes and peanuts.
1: Which you actually um, did.
0: And I have—I absolutely, there are lots of cute photos of me in Whole Foods dumpsters. <laughs> um, I, I gave high expectations and tough love and I gave them tremendous amounts of credit from the beginning. This is all because of Callie. This is all and one thing I did early on is when I would go to my most important business meetings, these you know, every in business you have these really dynamic meetings, I'd waltz in with four girls. Hi, we're here to meet. We can't meet with just me because these are the girls that are smart. I'm Ann Webb, but really without without these people, these all these people here i can't be it, so they always felt like from the day one they started working with me that it was their company, and they were in on the important meetings. There was no bank records that were kept secret, there was no finances that were kept secret. They had access to every single part of my business from day one, and so do all my co- employees today. Any jealousy? Any envy? Any never jealousy never. in our never jealousy in our company. Two um of our girls went on to um take very high position jobs, um almost double the salaries that I gave them with other companies in the natural foods industry. We're all still very, very close. So,
1: so. they didn't look at your numbers and say, Anne, you're making way too much money. You need to pay me more
0: I didn't pay myself. Mm.
1: I didn't take a big salary ever.
0: Every, every dime I made went back into that, that business because it was a debt-free business. There was no take-home salary for me. We lived off of my husband's salary, and a bit, portion of my husband's salary would go back into the company. And they saw that. And they saw that, and I said, if you hang out with me, I will reward you in the end. And whenever it was time to sell the company, I took half of the profits, and I spread out the wealth.
1: So you kept your word?
0: I kept my word, and it meant more to me. And I want to leave a little something with you. One thing that absolutely shocked my husband is that when we doed out all this money, right, everybody got their portions, literally everyone said, oh, my God, I'm so excited to buy my mom this house. I'm so excited to take, you know, my brother out of debt. I can't believe I get to buy my sister this new scooter she ever wanted. Every single employee... Not one of them said, oh, my God, I'm going to pay off all this debt. They all wanted to do something for somebody else. Isn't that amazing? That's a good team. Those teams come from somewhere. And I have fired a tremendous amount of people. They weren't all perfect. People would come in. They didn't fit. They had to go. They didn't Mm -hmm. work hard. They sat at their desk. They put their feet up. I, I let them go. They could go down the street, but not in our company. And no, and I had to show the people that were working their butts off all day long that we weren't going to tolerate other people not believing in the mission. And the mission was, you work hard here because we're helping people. And eventually, you know, if you believe in this woman, she's gonna she's gonna stand by you.
1: And the next time we meet, the next time we we get together, and and. Uh... Uh, do a, a, another time together. I want to go into more on on the how of how you actually built the business from the business plan, even though you didn't have one. But had, you know more of the mechanics, sure, because I think that would be very helpful for people. Uh, you've been a pleasure. Your thank you. <laughs> your story is amazing. And 35 years old. Imagine you're 35 years old with millions in the bank uh, from a business that you sold that you built from your heart completely. That's Ann Webb today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So, my son and I have been a client of skincare by N Web for several years. My son has a typical teenage acne, and uh, I just want to maintain my my really good skin, keep it looking as young as possible and healthy, and I cannot tell you how pleased I am with Ann Webb and her staff and her specialists. If you're looking for a skincare uh, specialist or a new skincare line, I highly, highly recommend and web skin clinic and spa. Uh, they're affordable, convenient, very accommodating, and I can tell you that I could not be happier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?